0: for listening to our podcast recorded live at gateway church ashford you can find out more about us on our website gatewaychurchashford.ku.k. good well it's great to be back amongst family there's no substitute for local church um it's been a really good trip thank you for your prayers over to um uh, just carrying us over to canada um uh, or carrying myself over to canada i had a Uh, I I felt a very fruitful time going to um, Simon and Andre's um, house and the the church there. Um, It's precious to see this baby church growing that came out of our spiritual, um, whatever it is, um, you know, loins or whatever. Um, I won't go into that, but it's... uh, I normally go off at a tangent when I speak like that, but it's just a joy to see this baby church growing. Have we got, can we put the pictures up of um, Simon and Andre? There they are. Um, Simon's a, an osteopath by trade, so he lays his hands on people. And a very manipulative guy is, <laughs> uh, seriously. And that's Andre. She's French-Canadian. They've gone back to Ottawa. She's from there. And they've, they've gathered a, um, a number of people from their family, actually. They've come out of a, um, a, a church. Um, how can I put this? Uh, a dead church scene. Let's just leave it at that. And they're knowing now the life of God. And uh, they are absolutely thrilled and thankful to God for you lot. They, often when they pray, they thank God in their prayers for you, for the generosity of your giving, our giving, that actually got them there in the first place. And now um, they're self, um, self-financed now, his work's doing really well, They've, he's got his own premises, he's got more work than he needs, really, which is good, he's having to turn work away. And when I was there um, waiting for him in his surgery, he gave me a bit of manipulation on my legs, which is for free. Well done, Simon. Um, There were people, he was talking with people about the Lord. And that's wonderful. You know, they came to him for for help and they were asking him his opinion on how to get through in life with um, the wisdom of God. And I thought it's so wonderful that Out of here, we're now now touching the nations. Have you got a picture of their little um, group? There we go. So um, that's their first midweek group. And uh, people have been baptised in water, baptised in the Holy Spirit. And they are starting to witness for Jesus. And they come out of a church scene that didn't believe in witnessing. You know, a very exclusive church scene. And uh, they've all got free from that way of thinking and now they're free to share their faith and uh, some remarkable stories are happening there. So um, they send their love and their thank yous to you for all the giving. It's outstanding. I, I, I was driven in the car that you paid for for them to get started and that's how the church grows. And seeing them in Ottawa reminded me of Matthew 13:31. If you have a Bible, um, please turn to it. Because we planted a seed there, didn't we? They're a part of us. We're a part of them. You know, we can't just forget them. They're a, they're gateway church, Ottawa. And as, I'm sure they felt very vulnerable when they were planted out as they d- flew over the Atlantic with all their belongings and their babies um, and got settled in this strange land. But it was a seed being planted. And it was good seed. If you want a good work, you plant good seed. OK Matthew 13:31. I'm actually I'm going to read through to verse 48, because I want to draw, draw three points from this passage of Scripture be helpful for us today. So Holy Spirit, I pray you'd anoint these words. you'd anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree. And I love this bit. So the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with a large amount of flour until it worked it all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Just a pause there. Jesus speaks through parables because parables can eta- um, ob, uh, ob, um, have in them eternal truth for us. So we have got to get used to. Hearing and understanding about the parables if we're going to grow in understanding the kingdom of God. You got it? So these parables that Jesus told, are, are, they're power-packed with principles um, of the kingdom. He goes on. Then he left the crown and went into a house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Jesus answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. That's Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. So you are seeds. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, but the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burnt in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears, let him hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then, in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of the great one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. And once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it all ashore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, and, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like an owner of the house who brings out of his storeroom treasures as well as old and new. So we see here um, three three passages from this chapter. I want to focus on today as we gear up for ourselves to give into a special offering um, towards our building fund. First of all, verses 31 to 32 It talks about the mustard seed, okay? Then the hidden treasure, 44 to 46. Then 47, 48, the catch of fish. Now, verse 31 and 32, it starts with the seeds. That's us. So you'll see. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're a seed. Okay, good. You got it. Now, it starts with seeds, and they're planted out by Jesus. Who does the planting? Jesus. Some of you are not convinced over here. Who does the planting? Jesus. Yes. Still, one well, not convinced, but I will leave you off. Um, and and the the soil is the world, okay. So, and the the seeds are, are, are picked up by Jesus because God gets hold of them by his irresistible grace. That sounds like a fading beauty queen, doesn't it? But it means irresistible grace. But what it is, is God's grace is irresistible when he touches our life. We have to say yes to God. That's what the salvation thing is all about. It's wonderful. And Jesus then plants us into the world. He doesn't plant us into the church. It's not a church. He's a king thing. He plants us into the world to be children of light. And Jesus gets hold of people who will bow their knee and say yes to Jesus. So I'm going to, marry, um, I'm going to embarrass somebody here today. Henry, it was great to hear what's happening. Great. Hallelujah. Made my week in Canada. It really did. Jesus gets hold of people and he says, I'm going to have you. Because you're now going to be a light. And we take ground by extending his kingdom and Jesus builds a church. Sometimes we see a lot of Christians get that wrong. We build the church and Jesus extends the kingdom. No, 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 no. We bring in the kingdom and it's Jesus who builds the church. We've got to do the right thing. And so often Christians have been so bothered about building church and that's his preserve. Our call is to take the kingdom into the world. You're getting it. I'll sit down in a minute. It's great. (laughs) So the more ground we take as his kingdom subjects in loving, healing, serving broken lives, the kingdom of God came into that ward. Jasper? That wonderful story you brought. Wonderful story about Jesus appearing to a a person who's not yet a Christian. That's the kingdom of God coming because we're praying. God, bring your kingdom. And whether we're teaching Esau, teaching people to speak English, people don't understand, there's no connection, or the furniture project that we do, the baby equipment, or whatever we do out there bringing the kingdom of God, Jesus through it will ultimately build the church. So that lady that you shared about with, um, I guess you came from Esau, the Chinese lady, came here, right? It's a kingdom ministry, but the church is built because we're going out and taking the seed and making a difference. Have you got it? So we take ground, he builds a church, that's the deal. we got it, this is, a, this is an important aspect, vital. And the more ground we take, the more he builds his church. And this has been our story, church, whether the Furniture Project, the hub, with its various ministries, as we come serving, the kingdom comes and the church is built. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And the kingdom Jesus inaugurated when he came into the world is always growing. It has to grow by the very nature of what the seed is. It's the kingdom of God. The kingdom can never shrink. you ever thought of that? The kingdom can never shrink. So we're a part of something that's growing that ultimately will fill the earth with the glory of God. What about the darkness? Yeah, the darkness is growing, but the, but the darkness will never overcome the light in this world. No matter what you see and read and observe, God's kingdom will prevail, and his church, which is his business, will shine as bright as dark, in the darkness and overcome the darkness. The way to overcome the darkness is to turn the light on. Last week in Norwich, the place where we came from, to plant the church here. We heard there's a big Alpha Supper there with some churches working um, in, in partnership. 1,400 people attended an Alpha course wow. in Norwich. Awesome. There, were so, there were so many people coming to it, there were traffic jams on the A47 <laughs> into Norwich. Yeah. The hub can take 70 people. That's our building. Mm. 70 people. We've got to understand that the kingdom, as we build a kingdom, it will grow. Yeah. So we have to grow accordingly in our thinking and in our strategizing to keep a pace with what God is doing. If we're going to build the king, if we're going to take the kingdom, the church is going to grow, church. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. An ever-increasing kingdom. And so, here we are again. Second of our three annual offerings for our building project, we give towards it because we've seen something. Because as a church, we've got to demonstrate that God loves people as people. I picked, I picked up the newspaper, I went into Tesco's Express, always good on a Sunday morning, isn't it? To get and uh. I thought I'll find out what's here. The Mal on the front is the is the key is the key in vision for the town. That man, that's the man you've been praying for. Thank you All right. He came to the hub and he said, What you're doing is amazing. Now it's front page news. Wow. Well done, Jenny. But I've got something to say about that. The Mal is not our vision. The world is our vision. Yes. One day, that's a danger with buildings. I'll come on to this in a moment that you can get trapped in a building. Yeah. If the mal is our vision, then we failed. Yes. Yeah. Right? One day, God will say, Move on. Yeah. It might be next week, it might be next year. I don't know. It might be 10 years' time because we follow the cloud. You see the problem with the kingdom of God is difficult to observe. That's why Jesus had to teach on it. You see, we we are such a giving church because we have seen something. When you think about it, we have seen something. That it's more blessed to give. Not to get money back, but it's more blessed to give. Than to receive. And you know in your heart that is true. You'll discover it again at Christmas. That when the presents are given out at the tree. Your greater joy is not what you've got. is what you've given. And that's been received. Isn't that true? Yeah. Because you're made in the image of God. There's something in you that's of God. Jesus is just affirming that. So today, it's just another expression of that, that wonderful spiritual truth. It's more blessed to give than to receive. But there's a battle going on in our lives because the power of money. It's a huge problem in our society. Now, Matthew says, so the kingdom of God is a heart thing. That's what I'm saying. And today, it's a heart thing. I don't, we've not approached this with our heads. right? So we have not done that. Our heads come into it because we have to take action once our heart's spoken we then say with our minds, how are we going to walk this out? Matthew twenty five fourteen to 30, the parable of the talents. For it be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who, he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two, two more talents. But he who received one talent went and dug in the, in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. He who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more. Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five talents more, his master said to him. Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward and said, Master, you've delivered me two talents. Here I've made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Same response, different measure. People gave according to what had been given. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had received one talent came forward saying, here's a clever dick. Master, I, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you, 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 where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At, at my coming, I should have received what was, what was my own with interest. It's God's money we're talking about here. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone... This is a powerful verse. For, for to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance... But from the one who, was, who has not, even that what he has will be taken away. And he casts a worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I do not believe in this instance Jesus is talking about a parable about money. You might think, no, Graham, you're wrong. If you look at the context, he just walked away from the temple for the last time in Matthew 25. He left the temple and he said that. Because God's ancient people had been invested with so much revelation of God, that there was an investment into them, but they—they were meant to be a a light to the nations, but they refused that. That's why Jesus said about the the temple, "My father's house is meant to be a, a house of prayer for the nations," and He said, "This will be destroyed." It says, to him who has will more be given, to him who has not, even though what he has will be taken away from him. It talks about primarily revelation of the knowledge of God. We have been given so much, those of you that know Christ, from the, from the most mature Christian to the youngest Christian, there's a revelation of God now, right if you only know that Jesus forgave me of my sin, that's a revelation. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to give it away? because that's what the Father would want you to do. If you've got a revelation that God is kind, give it away. If you've got a revelation that God's a helper, give it away. And to him your has will more be given. The more you give away in revelation of God in your sharing and your witnessing and praying for others, I <laughs> think you're going to get more. But if you don't do that, even that which you had will be taken away. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, but it's also true for finances. But that, but I just want to tie those two things together because primarily today is not about money. It's about us understanding that the kingdom of God is coming, and we're a part of that. And we're to go and take the kingdom of God into the world yeah. with words, yeah. right? And it was fear that held that this. Man, with his two talents from investing, he hid it to keep it safe. It's like a, a guy who had his testimony, he wrote it on a piece of paper, put it in the loft. Then one day he had to give his testimony. And this other guy said to him, Can I hear about your testimony? He went up into the loft and it came down. He found the mice. Mice had eaten his testimony. <coughs> your testimony is not to be in the loft, it's meant to be shared day in, day out. Hallelujah. there was an expectation from the master for multiplication. So money is a blessing from God. But you'll be more blessed if you give it away. God gives you money because he's so generous. But he's he's generous to us that we may give it away to others. Others. Do you remember the old Morcam and Wise sketch where is it Ernie opened his wallet and <laughs> the other one would try and kill the moth when it flew out? <laughs> we ought not to be like that. Tithes and offerings. I'm also glad, Darren, that you today said we're going to take up our offering. Because I forgot. I had to ask the soup. Have you got any money? Because I've got I'm just thinking giving today is our building offering. Right? But we still give our, we give our tithes separately. I'm going to be honest with you. Actually, I borrowed this from the coffee shop. This is a coffee money, right? Nothing in that, right? Um, when we had the offering last year, this is a, a word to the church, right? We gave over 30000 £35,000, I think. Right? So, some of the money that was for the tithes went into the special offering. So when we looked at the finances, for the tithes for that month went down <laughs> as the offering went up. you got that? Now, that's, that's understandable, right? because we're a growing church. But the idea is, is that the tithes, our regular giving, is separate from the offerings, yes. tithes and offerings. And that might be new to you, but that's fine, but that's what we do, because it's just an expression. One is an expression of commitment to God. One is an expression of our gratitude to God. Because yeah, he, he, let, he lets us keep the nine-tenths of our money. So, Matthew fourteen forty four, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he had hid it again. Then in his joy, he went and sold everything, everything he had to buy the field. And God has spoken to us, church, hasn't he, prophetically, that God is going to give us title deeds. And it's not our ambition as a leadership, and I've checked this out with all the leaders, right? It's not our ambition as a leadership that we have our own building. That's not our ambition. It's our personal ambition that we pray and take action over all the prophetic words God speaks to us. That's how we have got to where we are now. If God had said to us, we don't want you to to have your own title deeds, we would not be doing this. We wouldn't be doing it. We'll keep renting, even though it's... Sort of 40000 £40, thousand pound a year in rental now we spend on rental properties. I think there's a there's a logic in that. We're saying, well, I well, don't wake up a minute not the coffee, so long as it's Nescafe. But that's another story. But we, we we're doing this because we've seen something, we've heard something from heaven, and we invest in it because we want more. The only way we can grow as a church is to keep expanding the kingdom and hearing from God. And a word about church buildings. They can be really dangerous. There's so many church buildings in this land that are empty. That's just been maintained by six white-haired old men. <laughs> because of, uh, years ago, they had a move of God in their building. And now they maintain it. We're not into that. We're not into that. God's, that's not God's what's it's call, not calling us to that. When we are at Norwich, we'd, we'd got three buildings, hadn't we? We thought we'd done all the hard work, and God said to Sue and I, you've got to move, prophetically. That was through Keith, Keith Hazel, bless him, and didn't believe it was from God. <laughs> but then we recognised it was from God. You see, we're ever-increasing kingdom. We went to a church in Calgary, and we looked, and it's church building, it said, foundation stone laid by Eric Sick, Chiselled out. We want a foundation sown not by Eric but by Jesus. You see, a church building can create a sense of we've arrived now. Norwich, the hard work was done. We've arrived. No, you're not. We've got to hold everything lightly as believers. It's an ever increasing kingdom. Churches that own buildings can tend to centre, is an important point can tend to centralise their thinking and attitude. So the kingdom of God is not centralised church. The opposite, the kingdom of God is decentralised. It's ever expanding. It's out there. But the danger of a building is we become centralised. People come to church. It's always growing. The kingdom of God. It's always impact spreading. It's not reductionist. It's always coming, but never. F- It's never fully there. It's always growing until the consummation of all things. The kingdom now, but not fully um, realised. The kingdom was inaugurated by Jesus when he came to earth. And it will be fully consummated when he comes again. There will be some things that don't happen now that will only happen in heaven. Right? Your body will die. That's a fact. Unless the Lord comes before. There won't be so much there's a kingdom coming that will be your body won't grow old that's why the resurrection is so important the ultimate healing will be through the resurrection when the old has gone and new has come yeah you don't need dentures or wherever it is <laughs> fillings or pluggings or drillings whatever See church buildings can be dangerous because they can centralize our thinking. The great commission has never been rescinded. It seems to me like Jesus has put it into go and he's let out the clutch and it's never going to he's taken the rest of the gears out. It's always go, go, go. But we tend to centralize in our thinking. And the danger in a building is our, we can think our evangelism is about coming to the building. Now, that may happen. But really, evangelism is out there. Out there. Jesus did most of his evangelism at parties, by wells, or petrol stations, whatever you want to... Yeah? He, was, he, was, he demonstrated it. And I believe you're getting it as a church. You are getting it. This is exciting. Why? Because the, the church is going to grow as we realise we, we are decentralised people and so for us, church is every day of the week or the kingdom is every day of the week you, you do not know what's going to happen next I was doing the flower bed this week and along came a friend a new friend in our close hello Julia, great to see you and, uh, and I said, we talked about church. He said, well, can I come to your church? And we found out that Julie's a Christian and she's been on leadership training programs. It's just a joy to have you with us this morning, <laughs> Julie. What a joy. What a joy. It's a seven-day-a-week thing. Uh, I've had jet lag. People said to me, how are you getting on? I thought I'd crack jet lag for the first time in my life until Wednesday night, two o'clock in the morning, I wake up, <laughs> bright as day. You start, no, I've got to go back to sleep. So you fight, wrestling with a pillar. You know, it's like, I've gone around with Mike, 15 rounds with Mike Tyson when I've looked at my bed when I can't sleep. In the end, Thursday, three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock at 2 2.30, I'm up again. I thought, I'll go downstairs. And, uh, I'll, I might as well pray. That will get me to sleep quicker than normally does. <laughs> 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 Went to the fridge, some cold cold cottage pie in it. I thought that was bound to do the trick. So I had that and that didn't work. I had some shredded wheat, that didn't do the work. So I, I prayed and, I, and God spoke to me. Um, and it was like a moment of truth for me. And he said, Graham, is it to be a church building or a kingdom building? Oh. And I, he, he, he tangoed me. It tangoed me and I thought I've been thinking church building it's a kingdom building this is not for the church if we think this is for the church we're going to peak at about 500 people if it's a kingdom building there's no ceiling I don't think we have the authority to be thinking putting ceilings on the number of people can be at church it's a kingdom building or nothing. And what do I mean by that? It's we'll be based there, people come and find Christ there, but we'll go out into the world. And ancient Israel, as they were walking through the wilderness, they, had to, they put up tent and they were, Moses said, Well, you can, um, you can camp here because the pillar of cloud has rested by day and a pillar of fire by night. And some days, some months were there for ages. It seems. There for, and some, some places they were there for, it seemed, two or three days. We've got to understand that. We are God's community. It may be that uh, this, this will not be the end. This is, not the means to, this is a means to an end, not the end in itself. In ten years' time, God may say, I want you to sell the building and give it all away. He can do that because He's God. When we get a building, we tend to think that the building's ours. And that's what was the difficulty for God's ancient people Israel. They put their, their, their trust in the building. If you, if you read through Jeremiah, I'm trying to work it through at the moment without getting depressed. Right? It was about the people were putting their trust in the temple. Well, we're safe because we've got a building. And Jesus comes along a few hundred years later and it's destroyed. Right. God can do that. He's God. It has to be a floor rather than a ceiling to the next level. God must retain the option on any title deeds we have. Luke 5, 1 to 7, you see that Jesus needed a boat to reach the crowds. And so he said to Simon Peter, can I borrow your fishing boat? And uh, he said, yeah, jump in. And the road out and Jesus preached to the multitudes. Where's the boat now? Do you, ever, do you ever keep you awake at night? And say, oh God, what happened to that boat? What happened to it? It's of inconsequence. What remains is what happened in the boat. That's, what, that's what's retained. Never stay when the presence of God has left and moved on. And so the building prophecy that we've had, how are we handling it? Well, we, we said we'd give three, three lots of offerings, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, because we feel we could do that as a church by faith. And we've been praying every two months, and we have 24 hours of prayer, even though we know that we, we've, we've got about, all being well, after this offering, we should have nearly 300,000 pounds saved. I think that's amazing for a war chest. Well done. But we, it will have to be over a million the gap I like having gaps only God can fill (laughs) right the Gospels are full of stories where God fills a gap as he moves in power through his people so we're under no illusion that this won't do it but God will honour faith and he honours obedience and he honours generosity God you said it and if you didn't mean it you shouldn't have said it the problem's with you do you think that's fair? You you prophesied, we believe, we've weighed it, we believe in the prophetic God. You prophesied this, so it's your problem. (laughs) Yeah, you got it, Barbara. Yeah. And if you didn't mean it, you shouldn't have said it. And the danger of Christian consumerism, that our building and provision is the best in town. Oh, keep us from that. Rather, if people join us, it should be because they see life transformed like this Chinese lady, giving them hope in the gospel or touched by God's presence in the worship. And that was before you shared... This was written before you shared it, Andrea. Yeah. Rather than the quality of the loo paper and the toilets. <laughs> I am delighted when we get this building that the PA people would have to set up every Sunday morning. And I, 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 I think the likes of Nathan Hopkins and the team and others, Chris and others, who sometimes they don't get home until two o'clock in the afternoon when there's two meetings on a Sunday morning. Mm. You need to honour them. You need to honour these people. It would do us all good sometimes to stay behind. He's at, you see Nathan's out there now. He's, not even, he's serving again. So just watch who's serving you and honour them. Here's a bottle of wine or a bottle of vimto whatever they drink, just bless them. It's not about, I don't want people to come to us because they see the nice building. I want people to come to us because they've been drawn by the Holy Spirit and the presence of God and they've seen something of Christ and given them hope in a hopeless world. You see, Jesus gives us hope. The the gospel, he will save his people from their sins. People need saving from sins. So now we become, uh, well, uh, the Bible says we are now slaves of righteousness. Do you know what I mean? That's just you're a no. you don't do that, right? Stop talking like that now, because you're a slave of righteousness. Turn that off now, because you're a slave of righteousness. Don't be so miserly. You're a slave of righteousness. It's wonderful, isn't it? We're a slave. What freedom? What <laughs> freedom to be a slave of righteousness? You're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. It's shocking to hear about this 14, 15-year-old girl murdered in London. What on earth could bring a person to do that? Then this morning on the news, it looks like the body of the murderer they've been looking for has been found in, in woods. Why? Because as a slave to sin, and when you commit sin... There's no freedom from sin without the gospel, because the, sin, the, the gospel will stop people being, "Oh, I've I, I, I failed so much now, my life is worthless. I will What's the point of being um, alive? You see, the gospel, there's so much pain, you've just got to if you want to no reason why we should be taking the gospel, just read the local newspaper. Just read it in Ashford. There's quiet desperation in every home in this place that doesn't know Jesus, in one way or another. People are looking for a reason to be alive, a purpose. And you know, you have been given a revelation of it, so share it. I'll just conclude with this. There's a quote by Steve Saint. Has anybody heard of Nate Saint? I know you have, because you name your son after him. He was a missionary to the Alka Indians. They flew into South America on the Amazon. They stepped off the plane. And within, what, an hour, the Native Indians had speared them to death. Speared to death. And Nate Saint was a great missionary. Because he gave his life for something that was eternal. His son could have been hardened to God because of what his father laid his life down for. His son, Steve Saint, quoted this. Mission is not something we pray for, support, or even go on. It's a way of life. as long as we are alive it's a way of life church simply because of this Jesus said the servant is not above his master there's a lot of truth in that the servant is not above his master he surrendered all he gave it all he laid it all down He bled for all. That's why the first followers of Jesus were called the people of the way. They had a way of living. And you know what? Because it's more blessed to give than to receive, that's what we're doing today. We're giving to sow something eternal in. As I said to some of you recently, we, we felt God say to us, I want you to double what you gave last year. Oh, yeah, we just do it. And we, we can afford holidays. So what we did, we've been working towards today. We went camping this year, having said we'd never do it again, but it saved us some money, which is going in offering. And as we were laying on the canvas in the mother of all thunderstorm and lightnings. It was just, <laughs> it was scary. I was hugging. It was great because Sue really hugged me very close. <laughs> <laughs> and we were smiling. We were smiling awake, thinking we were looking forward to this day. Honestly, this is the truth. I thought, we're doing it for Jesus. Yeah. Right? On our camp bed. <laughs> because we're giving in to an eternal kingdom. That's coming, church. And you know why? We're seeing signs following us. Have you noticed what's happening? The signs following us. Even today, you hear of signs following us. It's an increasing one. We're going to have more next year than we have this year. Done.